Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And good morning, Marshfield, and the rest of the South Shore of Boston. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Okay, we have a plan. We always have a plan, and the plan today is to talk about reverse mortgages. And uh, my guest in studio is David Tortolot from Homestead Mortgage. Good morning, David. How are you today? Good morning, Michael. How are you? All right, thanks. How's the weather up there in Marshfield anyway today? Frigid. (laughs) Frigid, snowy. Little snow out there, about 15 degrees. Mother Nature's just reminding us that we're we're not out of the woods yet. Well, our Fort Myers studios are just a little bit different, but I won't get into that to spare you, okay? I'm jealous. I'm jealous. (laughs) Okay, so folks, uh, the subject is reverse mortgages. Um, uh, Confusing, uh, emotional, uh, all kinds of stuff related to the subject, but uh, my my opening statement is they're just another financial tool that may be of use to some folks listening to us out there, and that's kind of the discussion we're going to have. So our, our plan is we're going to do this a little differently today. Uh, what we're going to do is spend, well, probably as long as we can trying to illustrate uh, some of the uses 
or the most common uses for reverse mortgages. And so David and I are gonna talk about strategies that people have used and what they've accomplished and how they work. And we figure that's a, a good way to at least explain what you can do with them. Uh, and hopefully along the way, uh, we'll get some calls and some questions or, or comments about reverse mortgages in general. Uh, for however long, it takes us to go through all those uses, we will take that time and maybe it'll go through the whole two hour show. Uh, if if it doesn't, and we never know based on callers and some other things, uh, we will we, kind of do a standard uh, reverse mortgage show towards the end. And it'll be a little history and the options and how they work and uh, all, all the mechanics of reverse mortgages. But, you know, David's thought today is, well, why don't we just talk about a whole bunch of different ways that people use these things? And that probably would get up some curiosity and some questions. And so, folks, uh, this is a call-in talk radio show. Uh, we would much prefer to answer your questions or hear your comments about reverse mortgages going or bad. Uh, that makes for good radio and whatever questions that you might have, there's probably a, a few other folks out there listening to the show that have the same questions. So we have a, we have open lines. Uh, the, the calls today we'll take will be just on reverse mortgages, questions or comments. Our telephone number 781-837-4900 and again we'll be happily uh, interrupted anytime that you have a call on the subject. Uh, much better to talk with folks and answer their questions as opposed to try to explain in general. So, David, uh, before we get started, uh, how about a little background about you and Homestead Mortgage so folks know that they're listening to an expert this morning, okay? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me again, Mike. It's been a while, but I'm always happy to come on your show. Alrighty. So, for the listeners, my name is David Tortolot. I live in Situate. Uh, I've been originating reverse mortgages since 2003, so that's 16 years. Jeez, you're getting old, David, huh? I am. Well, I'll be 52 next week. All right. So, yeah, I'm getting up there. Um, so, this is all I do. I don't do any other form of financing. I don't do regular mortgage financing. I do no other form of investments, insurance, etc. I just have all my eggs in the f- reverse mortgage basket, and, and I like it that way. So... Um, and I'm a certified reverse mortgage professional. So, Mike, I know the CFP in your world is the gold standard. In our in our world, the CRMP is the gold standard. So All right. I mentioned that to folks just because uh, our designation was put in place specifically. This loan got a bad rap in the 90s due to a lot of misuse, and we'll get into that. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the product. It was the misuse of the product by unscrupulous human beings. Um so this uh, designation was put in place so that it, would, it could allow the consumer um, to go get educated from someone who's been vetted, background checked, fingerprinted, and on an annual basis, we have to complete you know, a certain amount of hours, eight hours a year, continuing education to maintain the designation. It's not a one-time thing where you hang on to it forever. So it's really, for me, it's, I, I have it in place because I like the consumer to know they're sitting down with someone that's been vetted and has a good reputation. So right now, currently, is 151 CRMPs in the entire country. Whoa. So, um, Whoa. And the designation program, to be truthful, has been around since, I believe, 2009. I've had mine since 2012. 
So right. it's not an easy designation to get, um, but I believe many could get it if they really put their mind to it. It's just a matter of putting the effort in. So um, let's get into the, so let's get into some uses, Mike, here on the reverse mortgages. So just to back up a little bit, the loan's 30 years old. It was invented by HUD and FHA in 1989. And it was introduced back then. So it's 30 years old. It's regulated by HUD. It's HUD's loan. So nationwide, if you see the words reverse mortgage in Massachusetts, because there are other proprietary products out there now from other banks and other states. But in Massachusetts, HUD's loan is the only one available at the moment. Um, so, so just to be clear, you can get a private reverse mortgage and do some other things, but not related to the HUD and the guarantees. Is exactly. That right yeah. now in okay. Massachusetts, HUD has not approved any proprietary products. They will. Um, it's just at the moment, HUD's the only game in town in Massachusetts. But, you know, just to go sideways, what will be available in uh, the months to come or maybe years to come in Massachusetts will be banks that will allow folks that have higher valued homes that exceed the HUD value of 726,000. So if you get a couple million dollar home, three, four, five million dollar home, banks are coming out with products where you can borrow using a reverse mortgage against that value. So in some cases, people want to access more than, you know, the first $700,000 of a $5 million property. So that's why banks are coming out just to fill in some of the voids the HUD loan does not take care of. So um, so just so everyone knows, HUD is the regulator of this loan, the inventor. Housing and urban development, just housing, in case you yeah, don't know. Housing and urban development is the regulator, and FHA, which is Federal Housing Administration, is the administration arm of HUD that administers the loan, you know, for insurance claims and so forth. So uh, it, it is somewhat of a level playing field, Mike, because HUD basically invented this loan and said, hey, banks, if you want to offer this, here's our manual, offer it based on our guidelines because we're going to insure it. Um, so when folks are looking into a reverse mortgage in Massachusetts, the guidelines are level. Uh, and there's no exceptions, no overlays. We're all basically offering a Blackford Model AT. Um, and, and the government determines how much you can borrow based on your age and your home's value, not us. Uh, so we don't come up with a loan amount based on your income or what you have in retirement savings. It's based on your age and the value of the home and HUD determines that percentage. We'll get into those later. Mm -hmm. So I like to start with that because, you know, a, a lot of people still have those misconceptions, Mike, where they still think that when you do a reverse mortgage, you're, the, the title of the home is being turned over to the bank or will be turned over to the bank at the end of the loan. And that's just never been the case. It's, it's really just a refinance of your home, just like the regular process of refinancing where you sign some documents, you have an appraisal done, and you have a closing. You're just using a different flavor mortgage, and you have to be a certain age to take out this mortgage, 62 or older. So um, I, I think we can all agree that, you know, I'm trying to get people to understand this, that I don't agree with everything my federal government says or does, but I think we can all agree that they're not gonna design a mortgage scam for se seniors or retirees. However, when they invented it and released it to the financial institutions to offer, there was unscrupulous activities going on, so they found ways and angles to use the loan and took advantage of seniors. So 30 years later, as those things happen, who steps in 
and regulates it, HUD, they find out about these activities, they step in with new disclosures, and here we are 30 years later, it's the most transparent home mortgage loan I've ever seen. Uh, in advance of anyone closing these loans, you're gonna know everything about it. And that's a good thing. Um, yeah. So it took you know 30 years to get all these safeguards in place. It's like any product. You introduce a product to the market, Mike, right? And what happens is you got to work the bugs out of it. And uh, so th that's kind of what happened. And here we are 30 years later. And the loan, in my opinion, when it first was introduced, uh, HUD introduced it with this mission, was to provide financial stability over a period of time and allow people to age in place, period. It wasn't meant to put in place and buy cryptocurrency, buy boats. Um, they can do that, but that wasn't the intent of the loan. And so there was misuse with regards to the banks, and there was misuse with, you know, in all seriousness, the um, the homeowners. You know, in some cases, they were misusing the money and being irresponsible with it. So um, it was always, in, in my opinion, used as a loan of last resort. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, in other words, people had money in retirement, maybe went through all of the money, depleted their portfolio, and then they were left with their home, home value. So they either borrowed against it with a traditional mortgage or they can borrow against it with a reverse mortgage. And uh, the difference there being is that a traditional mortgage always has a monthly payment. You borrow the money and you repay it. Reverse mortgage, hence the name reverse, you borrow the money and the bank pays you and the bank will get their money back that they paid you at the time you no longer live in the property when the loan becomes due. So they'll get back what you borrowed with your interest that you didn't pay. Um, did you- D David, the whole, that whole reverse mortgage industry, it's still young and evolving. And, uh, and I would assume that as it matures, things will get better, more bugs will get fixed, uh, loans will become more competitive. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly a, 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 an industry that's gonna be around for long given financial demographics in this country, but it, it, you know, it, it's starting to mature and that's really a good thing, right? It is starting to mature. And I would say it's really started to mature. You know, I started in 2003. I would say since 2012, you know, a lot of uh, economists and university professors started analyzing this loan and figuring out ways to incorporate it into a retirement portfolio, you know, as another yeah. tool. So because of all those, uh, all that research and it's online, you know, folks have access to that material and those opinions. And in most cases, those opinions are neutral. So they're looking at economist articles about, oh, why, why aren't more seniors using a reverse mortgage or considering it uh, as part of an overall retirement plan? Um, and the whole premise there is that you, you have a loan you're borrowing against your house. And technically, Mike, it is a debt. But when you look at a reverse mortgage, it doesn't carry the fixed ongoing monthly payments like a traditional mortgage does where we look at that as a debt a debt being a credit card, you have a payment, it doesn't have a monthly payment obligation. So you're essentially spending your house and then repaying back what you spent with the interest at the end. So the loan's paid later on in retirement when the, you know, the, the borrowers either sell the house or they pass away. Okay. So, um, you know, since 2012, because of all those articles that have been circulating on the internet, there are many folks that are now asking me, hey, Dave, I heard about this thing where you can set up a reverse equity line of credit, very much like a home equity line of credit. It's just a reverse equity line of credit uh, where, you know, I can set this thing up 
and it stands in the background unborrowed and someone told me it grows um, behind the scenes income tax free and I'll say well that's true and it's always been true since 1989 it's just never been advertised so now people that maybe aren't house rich and cash poor and have money under management I, I wouldn't say the people that have you know you know above a million dollars under management but that 500,000 to a million under management and they have a house that's maybe close to being free and clear and cash flow is not necessarily an issue right now they're the ones that are looking at this and saying well geez we want to keep our house long term or at least have it be our primary home we might want to buy a second home but as long as it's going to be our primary home we can set up this reverse equity line of credit and now we have another bucket of money um, called a reverse equity line of credit that grows guaranteed income tax free uh, it's never going to stop growing because the housing values depreciate it's not going to stop growing because the stock market's volatile it's growing because when HUD set this loan up it's based on age and the older you get the more money you can borrow so if you borrow money initially a certain amount you're going to be older after every subsequent year after the closing. Therefore, you can have more money to borrow in the line of credit you set up. Yeah, um, a, a, little, a little later, we might get into this, we might not. But yeah. all people have to know is the bottom line, that it's an equity line of credit that for magical reasons, until you understand them, gets bigger every year, which is pretty yeah. powerful when you think about it's it. It's pretty actually. powerful, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I'll be truthful, you're paying a fee. You know, yep. and I'll be the first one to say these loans aren't inexpensive. Yep. They're, they're expensive. But when I sit down with clients, we justify the expense based on their needs. And if their needs justify the expense, then it makes sense. Sometimes I'll sit down with people and I say the expense isn't justified based on your situation. A home equity line yeah. of credit is better. Is so, it worth it is basically yeah, the question. It, yeah. It's going to be, you know, the net benefit to the borrower is going to be uh after the upfront costs, yep. you know, you got to be able okay. to convey a, a benefit after that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a unique tool where you can set up this line of credit at a cost more than a home equity line. It's going to cost you a lot more than a home equity line. I'll be right up front because you're paying a fee equal to 2% of your home's value to HUD. That's an upfront mortgage insurance premium. So if you get a $400,000 home, that's eight grand. Yep. That fee, by the way, Mike, is rolled into the loan. It's not yep. out of pocket, so it's financed in. It's still expensive, though. And so that fee, what that fee does is that HUD says we're standing behind the debt. We're also backing the mortgage. Which so, allows banks to get into the game, basically. Yep, allows yep. Ba banks to get into the game. Yep. And any debt, and here's, here's where the insurance works. Any debt on the house after you take out the reverse mortgage that exceeds the value at the time it becomes due, that's where the insurance fee kicks in. So there's no liability or bill or burden passed on to the heirs, the children, the estate, whatever you want to call it, uh, when the loan becomes due. The very worst case scenario with these reverse mortgages is when the children or heirs inherit the property, they might inherit a property with no money left for them. Um, but there's no bill or judgment or liability passed on to them because when their folks or the parents set up that reverse mortgage, they paid a fee to HUD, which sits in a fund, a mutual mortgage insurance funded HUD, and that account is used for when homes are sold for less than what's owed because the person outlived the reverse mortgage. The bank then files a claim with FHA to get the rest of the money back. 
out of that fund. They don't go to the children and say, hey, we're short. Your parents lived 30 years after this reverse mortgage was put in place. We need the rest of the money from you. Yeah. So it's federally insured in that way. The backing part is if, if the lender that set it up with the borrower goes out of business during their lifetime, yeah. HUD is already on record at the Registry of Deeds as a ghost lien behind the first lien to, to take over the mortgage if that happens. So the person can, be, can know that or feel comfortable knowing that if their bank goes out of business, HUD's just going to send them a letter and say, hey, you have a new servicer and your payments will continue. So they were already on record. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because we record two mortgages and two notes. Uh, one is for the bank and one is for HUD. It's just sitting there in the background. It's not, you don't have two mortgages, but it's for the backing part. You have a question? Dave, yeah, David, the, the, uh, the most important consideration for folks thinking about this is they plan on living in their home forever basically. Yes. Okay. And if there's a death involved, there may or may not be money left over from the house, depends on how much you used. Okay. Uh, and if there's not a death involved and you want to sell the house, you basically have to square away, square away the mortgage and the accrued interest before you do so. Is that like the big thumbnail? Exactly. Yeah. So okay. it, it, there's no, when you get into these loans, you can get out of these loans. You know, so in other words, if someone yeah. gets, if someone tells me, Dave, my intent is to stay here, but in five years, if a life occurrence comes up and they have to move, uh, they can sell the property with no penalty and again, pay back what they borrowed, only what they borrowed. Yeah. Plus with, accumulated interest, which is the part they forget about. Basically, exactly. Right? And yeah. the cost they rolled in when they set the mortgage up. Yep. So, and they know what that is on a, on a monthly basis because statements do get mailed out to each borrower, letting them know where they stand. It's not okay. a it's not a, a statement where you have a monthly payment to send in. Mm-hmm. It's just a statement of a summary, an ongoing summary of what the balance is month to month, and maybe what your line of credit balance is month to month. Um, so yeah, that's exactly right. So if they sell it, it's it's basically sale price minus total outstanding lien, including the cost, deferred interest, and what they borrowed. The rest of the money is theirs. It's Folks, uh, this is a call-in talk radio show. We have open lines. That's a radio euphemism for saying nobody's called just yet. But if you have a question or a comment about reverse mortgages, this is your special day. We're talking with David Tortolot from Homestead Mortgage. And our telephone number is 781 um, yeah, 838, what was the number there? 837-4900. Yeah, I'm having a mind. um, That's all right. Thank you, David. So 781-837-4900 is our call number. And if you have a question or a comment about reverse mortgages, this is your special day. Okay, David. So uh, anything else in general before we get to some of the uses? I mean, folks, we're not going to get into a lot of details. We're going to stay with the big picture for a while and maybe you'll have a question about some of the details. That's the way we thought we'd kind of work it today. Yeah, we'll get into the uses. I'll just, in my 16 years, I've just seen the loan become more accepted because what we just talked about, the the more more information on the internet and media has really made like a a 180 degree turn on the coverage. Um, So those types of things have helped out. And in addition to that, just the things we all know about, you know, 10,000 people every day turning age 65 for the next 10 plus years. So um, people are living longer and they want to remain in their house. And that means that if they're living longer and they have money under management, um, it puts stress on the principal amount in the portfolio. 
So this just becomes another, oh, by the way, I, I should look into this reverse mortgage. Maybe this will extend my years uh, and help out with my portfolio because if I add another bucket of money to this, a complement using a reverse mortgage, I might add a couple hundred thousand or 300,000 more to this overall picture. So, you know, the fact that people are living longer, the fact that they want to age in place, not in a nursing home, people are looking at alternatives, ways to supplement their income. This is like you said, Mike, to start, and I always start with this too. It's just another tool. Yeah, There's many, I, uh, many, many tools out there. This, just, this is just another one. Yeah, I just I did some poking around in preparation for the show. Not that I was going to add much, but in 2017 across the country, it was 55,332 reverse mortgages granted, according to your website, by the way, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association. Yep, yep. So, uh, and th- there was like $10.6 in financing. So it's still a small percentage of folks who are retired, but, but it's a growing business. Business. And in Massachusetts, take a guess, David, how many loans do you think were closed in Massachusetts in 2017? Um, I'm going to say f- 500. Good for you. 834. Doesn't seem like a lot, no. but I guess, I mean, I guess there's only a small percentage of people out there who own reverse mortgages anyways, like 2 or 3%, if that. I'm not sure about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I said okay. 500 because I closed for anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it just doesn't, it, it, it's... It's still young and growing, but it, it looks like the demographics are in place for it to get bigger for a while to come here. So yeah, let me give you this statistic. So right yeah. now, as we speak, there's $7 trillion, trillion with a T, dollars in home equity tied up in people with homes, in primary homes nationwide, age 65 and older. Wow. $7 trillion. So, uh, I'm sorry, 55 and older, $7 yeah. trillion. Um, And to date... Around, you know, from 1989 until now, only a million, slightly over a million people have done a reverse mortgage. Okay. If you divide that into $7 trillion, the marketplace is huge. Yeah. Again, it doesn't yeah. mean it's for everybody, but yep. it, it with people living longer, wanting to age in place, in years to come, it, it's going to be more mainstream. It's, it's going to be thought of like a regular mortgage, except, you know, when you buy a house, you have a down payment, you take out a mortgage, you're not afraid of it. Uh, if a retiree goes into retirement and they say, hey, I need a little bit more access to money, yeah. I'm going to go take a serious look at a reverse mortgage instead of standing back and saying, I haven't heard good things about this, so I really don't want to do it. So, And I'm starting to see that already. Yeah, un- unfortunately, we've got some financially uh, demographic challenges ahead of us as a country, and that's just going to contribute to more and more interest in this. It's going to be, it's more and more, yeah, I, I don't want to get into it, but the bottom line is it's a growth industry by far, no question about it. Uh, folks, uh, we're getting we're coming up on a break here. In fact, I can't believe it. It's almost time for a break. So, uh, so when we get back, uh, I'm talking with David Tortelot from Homestead Mortgage. We're going to go through a checklist of different uses for these mortgages, trying to get your curiosity up about how they work and what you'll be able to do with them. So, David, don't go away. I won't. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 